You are listening to the Loving Liberty Network, and this is the Liberty Moms Show. Liberty Moms are the original secretaries of defense. We are the real defenders of the home front, and we are here when it comes to defending our families and our communities. I'm your host today, Delaine England, and I'm so happy to have also Liberty Mom, um, Nicole Mason. She is an amazing mother, five kids. They are absolutely adorable. And she is, an, as I said, she is at the gate. She is absolutely defending her family, but also defending our community. And she is also the president of Utah Parents United and has been in the trenches for several years. And actually, Nicole was be in Nevada before, and she was in the trenches there. So when she came to Utah, she just jumped right in and has been making such a great difference. And we're so happy to have you here in Utah. Hope you'll stay a long time, Nicole. <laughs> and I consider Nicole one of my very best friends. I just love her and enjoy her. She's a great lady and a really great mom. And I'm just really, really happy to have you on our show today. Thank and you. We're gonna, we're gonna talk about a very important topic. Something that I'm surprised that we even need to talk about. I'm surprised that this is an issue, especially in America and especially in the state of Utah. And that is the issue of pornography or what we now call sensitive materials, which is pornography and not in the world, but in our schools, in our public schools. Nicole, is that really a problem? We have pornography in our schools. Yes, surprisingly, yes, you wouldn't expect it, but it's in just about every school in Utah. And you know what? We have been passing bills in the state of Utah for as long as I can remember. I know we passed a bill 30 years ago to get pornography out of schools, which was very little compared to what we have now. We passed bills 20 years ago. We passed several bills. Uh, my own senator passed two bills getting pornography out of the schools um, 10 years ago. And now we have Representative Ken Ivory that has passed several bills and others that have been more recent in the last couple of years in order to protect our children against pornographic materials. So, but um, we still have pornographic materials in our schools. Yes, yes. So it's astonishing but we're finding that it's uh, being brought in, uh, in in a lot of different ways and it's really hard to get it out. It's surprising how hard to get it out, to how hard it is to get it out. We have it a lot, where it is I find, where I have seen it is a lot in the libraries, in the books in the libraries. And now I've also seen it in some of the materials that are assigned to students to do, but of course, most of the teachers, I found pretty consistently, most of the teachers, not all of them, but most of them will allow a student to 
not to do an alternative assignment to read a different book if they're not comfortable reading a book with pornography in it um which i would hope would be every child i would hope every student would say i'm not comfortable reading this book but unfortunately that isn't what happens a lot of students feel like oh it's a sign and i'm that's it's this is what the authority figures tell me my teacher wouldn't give me this if it was inappropriate and so they just go along and do it that's what i have found to be the case well, and I would say what's even worse than that is a lot of times the student or the parent doesn't know what the child is going to be exposed to. They don't know that it's a, a, a material that has pornography in it or that is age is not age appropriate until the kid comes home with it, which is what happened to one of my dear friends. Uh, her son came home with a book that was earmarked to a page that had a very sexually graphic uh description in it and she said oh my gosh you know where how did where did this come from you know and and it's it's really unfortunate but when we try to show people or when we try to publicize it it's so graphic that it can't be shown on the news we try to show people like i'll have people come and say well you know shouldn't we put it out there that that's what it is and i say yeah you know i've shown it to all the news stations and they can't even put it on the air and no, so no one it believes can't us be on the air it would be violating FCC guidelines. So it would be a yep. violation of the law. They would be pulled off the air if they mm -hmm. did it. Yep. But yet it's freely available to your child in school and you probably don't even know about it. You, you probably don't even know what's really there. Absolutely. And as you know, we've gone into several different times, we've gone into committee meetings to share with the legislature and read. These are the books that are in our school children's schools and in their libraries. These are the books that are being assigned and read the content and the legislature shuts us down in a nanosecond. They're just like, oh, oh you cannot read, you cannot be speaking that. It's inappropriate to be talking like that in a public meeting and especially when it's recorded. Mm -hmm. And again, it's going on on a Zoom and, and is recorded and there for the public. And so they they don't allow them to. And, if, and again, we have emailed them the pictures and some of the diagrams and some of the language and they have said, you know, you have violated the law because you're distributing pornography oh, over yes. the We had internet. one legislator in an interim committee meeting who was so upset that parents were emailing her child pornography and emailing her all this stuff. And, and she said, you know, you guys are going to get in trouble for emailing this to me. And we're saying, okay, this is what is readily available in the K through 12 school libraries. And you as an adult are upset that we are sending you what is in the school libraries. So that's, it's, it's an interesting, uh, interesting situation to be in. It is, and yet we're having such a hard time getting it out of the schools. So Nicole, yes. explain to all of us, why is it hard to get it out? Like what adult wants this got rot, this trash in the schools and why are we saying it's okay? Or what is the, what is the pushback on this? I would say the biggest pushback is from the ACLU that schools are saying, oh, if we take this out of the school library, then we're gonna get sued by the ACLU. So that's, and I mean, you can, there are so many statements. So you, you can find this in news articles where, where a school district will say, well, we're afraid of a lawsuit if we remove this from the school library. And that's another interesting situation to be in as a parent to hear your school administrators say, I am more concerned about a lawsuit from the ACLU than I am about what children will be exposed to in a school setting. 
you know, that is so upsetting, Nicole, because it's like, well, isn't that your job is to make sure our children are being educated and not exposed to trash? It is really sad and it is very true. It is absolutely what's happening. We also have um, librarians, and I'm not saying this is all librarians by any means, because I really do not know, but I do know that there are librarians in the state of Utah who are protecting this material on the guise of saying, you're, you're trying to censor books, you're trying to burn books. And so I have heard librarians say, you know, it's up to the, we're not forcing it on any child, but it should be there available for a child who wants to decide. And it's not our decision to decide if it's appropriate or not. The child gets to decide or the parents get to decide. Yeah. And I, I think those are two really important points. One, that it's not everyone. So we can't broadly say, you know, this is every librarian is, is doing this and shielding this material um, because that's not the case. But there are several who are doing it and actually coming out with statements like that from the Librarians Association. And so you can read those as well. You know, it's not uh, hidden in the least, but the Librarians Association has come out to try to uh, explain that children need to be exposed to this kind of material because that's what it's like in the real world. And we're trying to prepare them for the real world. So that's uh, their argument. And then as a parent, it's, it's, you know, kind of goes back to, well, who ought to be having these conversations with children first? You know, is it your job as a teacher or a librarian to expose my child to this first to prepare them for the real world? Or is that my job? So that's a, another piece as a parent that uh, it's a good time to be proactive and, and start having these conversations with your child, because it's not a matter of if they might be exposed to something, it's they're going to be exposed to something, so you better start having these conversations with them now, or know what conversation you're going to have with them when they do come home with something that's not appropriate. Oh, that's such good advice, Nicole, because that's what we're really about here is about solutions. We have to explain the problem, but what we really want to do is focus on how to correct the problem, how to create solutions to protect our children from this. And, and I know we don't have time to go into great detail of this, but we have had Dr. Jen Brown on several times and we have been exposed to her excellent research that she has actually gathered. She's done her own research, but she's gathered research for, from hundreds of other doctors and professionals on this topic on what pornography does to the brain. And this is even more so with a, an, an immature or a minor's brain versus an adult brain. When an adult is exposed to addiction and the first time an adult is exposed to something or, or is addicted to something, the adult brain is damaged, is physically damaged. You can see what it actually looks like, how it literally changes the formation of the brain as well as its function. But if you don't get addicted to something until you're an adult, your ability to get off of the addiction, the, the, it increases your ability to be able to. But when you're addicted to something as a child and the damage that it physically and psychologically does to that child's brain, it makes it much more difficult for a child to overcome that addiction as an adult. So it's very important that children are not exposed to this, that they do not have this damage done to their brain and their psyche as children, and if they do, we need to get them off of it immediately so that it doesn't have long-term 
lifelong consequences. We know, again, the science is very clear that addiction to pornography is very damaging for an, a child or a person of any age, a person's ability to have a, an intimate relationship with a real person. It definitely changes their ability to have relationships. It also impacts their, their even their work. It impacts their entire life and lifestyle. And so this is not, in my opinion, pornography isn't something that carries value. It doesn't really carry value. It might be really sensational to someone and definitely, you know, relieves that uptick and kind of uptake inhibitor that kind of gives you that high. I can understand that that, that might happen to people, but I don't believe that anything that really is addictive creates value for people. I think that's the difference between freedom and liberty. We're free to choose it, but we're not liberated. We are no longer have liberate liberty when we choose with our freedom to have addictions or do things that are self-sabotaging. So we do know the science is there and I really highly recommend getting that research and doing some research. Dr. Jen Brown has published several papers on that that are just very interesting and very helpful on mm -hmm. that issue. So back to what you were talking about, there are resolutions, there are ways to overcome this. So you at Utah Parents United, and I don't have permission to share Brooke's last name, so I'm just going to share her first name, but you guys, and I know that she did the heavy lifting on this, yes, created yes. a website called oh, ratedbooks.org. Yes, so. rated, R-A-T-E-D, books.org. Yes. Because we have movies that have ratings on them. Yes. And that is very helpful for parents. Now, of course, as a parent, I have six children myself. I did not always trust the other person's rating. I didn't give my stewardship of what movies we were going to watch and not watch based on someone else's opinion. But I did use that as a great guide, ever so helpful in knowing if they rated it R, I knew that was not something I wanted to subject my children to. It was inappropriate and not necessary. If it was rated PG, that didn't necessarily mean we've, I felt like it was something I wanted to um, experience or watch for my children or with my children and, um, or have them watch. And so, but it does really, really help give a guide. Of course, it's done by humans. And you guys have been just amazing at creating this website, ratedbooks.org, where the books are being rated and they're given a rating and it's a one through five. Is that right? Yes, and it, it starts at zero. That means it's really appropriate for everyone, totally benign, and goes up to a, a five, which is very graphic, uh, sexually explicit, uh, something that would not be allowed to be shown on on TV, you know, or uh, spoken over the radio. So uh, then you can decide for yourself based on those ratings what's appropriate for you and your family. Excellent. Yes. And this is, this is a huge undertaking. And I love it because I have parents calling me all the time, as I know you do, just saying, well, how do we know? Like, if this is a problem, then how do we know what books to, to watch out for? And we're not talking five or six books here. No. Well, just in Washington County, for example, I think they removed 42. They so, removed 42. 42 yeah. books they found so offensive, they actually yes. got them removed, which yes. is quite something. And I think in the interim committee meeting in October, they said, I, 
I think it was 232 had been found that had been challenged as questionable. So, you know, that just tells you that's hundreds of books potentially in your child's library that they could be walking down the aisle and, and pick up and, and find something that really is, is questionable. And you have to decide, do you want the librarian making the decision on whether your child should be reading that material? Or do you want to make the decision on whether that's appropriate for your child to see? Absolutely, so well said. Who do you want making that decision? And you know, and every child is different. And of mm -hmm. course, you know, we know that in a book, you do want it in context. You don't want, you could pick out one little sentence, which seems pretty graphic, but maybe in context. I mean, I do believe that we do need to, I read the scriptures, they need to be read in context. I, I'm a history teacher. I don't believe you can take little snippets out of history and only teach that. You have to teach it in context to really understand it. So I, I think the same with books. I love books. I love reading books and they must be made in context. But again, we're not talking about adults here. We're not talking, talking about censoring adult material. We're talking about should children be exposed to those, those things. And don't well, we just have so many amazing books that are fabulous that we yes. can expose our children to that we don't have to worry about that. Yes. And Delene, if I can go back to what you just said about putting things in context, that's a really interesting point because there are there's some taking something in context and then there's something that it can't be taken in context because it's so sexually graphic that it it falls under under pornography in Utah code. So for example, if you say Playboy, you know, there's a Playboy magazine. Oh, but we got to take it in context. No, no, no. There are some things that are so explicit, sexually graphic pictures that cannot be taken in context because well, they fall under the pornography code as defined by the criminal code. Like this is defined as pornography and Utah has a very specific definition of what pornography is. And if something falls in the realm of pornography, it can't be taken as code because you're distributing pornography to children. There's no appropriate context. No, yes, that's, that, that's, that's what better basically there is no context that would make it appropriate. Yes. It's completely inappropriate in any context. Yes. Because and it is so graphic and it is literally vile and there isn't a way to put it into context that would create value or make it yes. appropriate. So yeah, and, and that and that kind of brings us to I would like to discuss the removal process because there is a way if you find an inappropriate book in your child's school or your school and um, you find that it's inappropriate or you feel that it is, there is an, a process in order to remove the book from the school. It's not flawless. Yes. So every school district in the state of Utah has a process for removing a book that's found to be inappropriate, meaning it is pornographic in nature and it under code is defined as pornography has to be removed. And, and just, not age appropriate. So again, yeah. the same book in 12th grade is not appropriate for sixth grade. It needs yes. to be age appropriate as well. Yes. And that's really interesting because they didn't have graphic novels when I was growing up, but basically now they have picture books. They, they put yes. things in picture form with little bubbles of what the characters are saying, but that's a really popular trend right now. And that is where a majority of the pornography is coming in is you have uh, pictures of people having 
sex you have you know they're um it, it's it's straight on pornographic scenes yes. and there's yeah it's just that they're not using photographs they're using yes. drawings and so they're kind yes. of getting around pornography by saying it's just a drawing that's not yes. a photograph that's not a real person that's just a drawing but they're very very <laughs> explicit and they're they're vile frankly i don't know another word yes. for it but they are vile and that you still you can still see the sex act Yes, yes, that's, the, that's the, the way to say it is it is a drawing of a sex act and you see the human genitals, the the breasts, the fondling, the, the entire thing. There's nothing that's held back or blurred out. So right. if you do find something like that, you can go to your school district and you can say, hey, I believe that this is an inappropriate material and they have a form for you to fill out and a challenge process and they'll review the book and different this is really important. Different school districts have different processes. One yeah. school district might choose to leave that book on the shelf while they're going through the review. And another district may say, oh, this is, book is flagged. We're going to remove it till the from the shelf until we finish the process and decide whether it's appropriate or not. But while it's in review, we're going to pull it from the shelf because it's a question and we don't want to inadvertently expose your child to something inappropriate. So it's important to know what your district's process is, because even if you challenge the book, there's a good chance that it might still be on the shelf while it's being reviewed. But you can also, this is another solution, is you can go to your, your district and you can say, I do not want my child to be able to check out this book. Or you can you know, go to ratedbooks.org and print out a list of all the things, all the five out of five ratings and say, I don't want my child to be able to check out these books. So districts are, flagging books in that way, where you can um, be a little proactive that, that your child is not allowed to, to check out those books. So based on, yes. And based on my life experience, having had six children, I can tell you that I wouldn't trust that system. Mm -hmm. How many kids have had been told they are not supposed to take the sharp survey and yet the teacher inadvertently, I mean, it's hard as a teacher trying to keep track of all that. I'm not saying that they're doing it intentionally. It would be difficult. So that's why you don't want to rely on someone else. Make sure your children know. I think that's the first thing. Educate your children. Make sure they know what, what is appropriate, what isn't. Make sure they know what to do about it. If they find inappropriate material, like your friend and my friend, when they have their children have found inappropriate material, what's so amazing they were educated. They went home and said, mom, this is what was in this. Is, look at this book. So they knew what to do. They knew to go to their parents. They knew to tell someone. They knew to not keep looking at it. So, I mean, I think that that is really huge. It's huge when your children know what to do about it and to do something about it. That is really big. And that says so much about your child that they don't just continue yes. to sit and, and read it and watch it. Yes. And there's, uh, we have another friend named Nicolene Peck and she yes. has this great, uh, great program called Teaching Self-Government. And I've heard her testify at the state legislature before about the, the person who exposes a child to um, a topic for the first time that that child forms a bond with that person. And so as a parent, you need to say, who do I want forming a bond with my child or who, who do I want my child to be bonded to? Do I want them to be bonded to 
a teacher because they learned about something at school first before I taught them about it? Or do they want to be bonded to me because I talked to them about it and I told them about it and I explained it and, and we had this, this discussion. So I, I think it's so important to jump on these things and, and say, as a parent, I need to talk to my kids because I want to form that bond with them. I, I don't want them to be learn these things for the first time from someone else. That is such great advice, Nicole. I just think that is the best advice we can really give parents. Take time. It is time. Even younger children, like you don't have to be explicit, but you have to explain how wonderful the body is, how beautiful it is. Teach them to love their body. Teach them to love who they are. And then teach them when you have any questions, please come to me. There's nothing we can't talk about. We can talk about anything that you think about or that you're concerned about or you're curious about, come to me and we can talk about it. And I think when we lay that groundwork and open that up for our children, they know that they it, this isn't something that's a taboo, that they can come and talk to us about it. it. It absolutely sets the groundwork for us to have that great stewardship with our children. We're gonna take a quick break. We're gonna be right back, so stay with us. Welcome back. Thank you so much for being with us. You are listening to the Loving Liberty Network, and this is the Liberty Mom Show. Liberty Moms are the original secretaries of defense. We are the real defenders of the home front, and we are there when it comes to defending our families and our communities. We're so thrilled. I'm your host today, Delaine England. I'm really happy to have um, um, our wonderful guest, Nicole Mason, with us. She is an amazing Liberty Mom. She is an incredible woman and a great friend. And she has been on the front lines of this issue, really with education and all, not just this issue of sensitive material, AKA pornography, because we always have to name the most vile and horrible things. We give them a nice name that doesn't sound so terrible, Nicole. So we call it sensitive material now. Um, mm -hmm. But Nicole has been on the front lines of education and it's been so much fun. I love being in the trenches with you, Nicole. You've done so much so many great things, so much good, and it has been really wonderful. And just to reiterate, they, the Utah Parents United, she is the president, created a website called ratedbooks.org. That's R-A-T-E-D books.org. So it's not rated. We didn't rate the books. We rated, they rated the books, R-A-T-E-D books. And that is a plural books, not just one. Org. And it is so amazing. I mean, this is this website is gold. You can go on there and you can find the books, so many books. And of course, it's a work in progress. And it's taken every single piece of work that it's done on there, which is hundreds of thousands of hours, has been done without compensation. Everyone has done this as a volunteer for free. And it's really a labor of maybe love, maybe desperation. I don't know. But <laughs> Definitely a love of uh, labor of commitment. That's for sure. Yes. Well, and really it's about education because yes, we want to educate parents because the better educated you are, the better parent you can be because you can make a better decision about what you want to do for your family. So it's really about helping to empower parents to know what is going on so that they can make the best decision for themselves and their children. It is. And you know what? I just want to remind all of us that it is about the stewardship over our children and their education. The stewardship of being a parent is given to us not by the government, 
not by your state, not by the education system. The stewardship of parents is from the creator, from God, our creator, from our parent, our heavenly parents. And they have given us that stewardship of being parents here of our children. And that is an important, valuable stewardship. And we need to be so careful of who we share that stewardship with and never, never, frankly, never share the stewardship. We can definitely have mentors come in and support us, but it is our stewardship. We need to take it very seriously. And Nicole, that is what's so awesome about you is you take that stewardship as a parent so seriously and you you understand how valuable it is. Well, thank you. I, I appreciate that. But yes, and and I think I love Utah so much because of our, our laws and our commitment to parents and families. And the Utah law says there's a rebuttable presumption that the parent has the best interest of the child in mind. And we, we know that there will always be exceptions and, you know, we will deal with those as, as they come up. But we really understand parents know their children best and they know what their children need and they're going to make the best decision for their child and, and for their family. And I, and I don't think we want to abdicate that responsibility to the state to be making the decisions for our children because we, we really know our children better than the state. And they are our children, regardless of what the world is starting to say, because you <laughs> keep hearing these people saying, oh, the children, they're our children, the children of our community are our, our children. No, our children are our children. We, they are ours. We either gave birth to them or we adopted them or, you know, we, or we're even maybe foster parents, but we have stewardship and we should never let anyone confuse anyone into thinking that they have stewardship over our children. And, and absolutely when they go into the schools, they're still our stewardship. And yes, we're, 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 we have a right to have others, including public school, support us in educating our children but they are there to support us yes it's over for us and we need to hold it that way we need yes. to know that when we put our children in a public or private school of any kind that they are there to support our stewardship not to take it over right right and yeah i think you you, you said it you hit the nail on the head okay so let's talk about ratedbooks.org. Do you want to just kind of give us a, just a real brief guide through that, through your website? It's so excellent. It's very organized and very well done. Yes. And I can't take credit for it because Brooke did the heavy lifting on it and put it together and has just made it into an, an amazing tool to help parents find what books might be in their, well, might be questionable to you in your school. So you you can go actually onto the website and find a map of Utah and click on your child's school to find what books have been flagged as questionable. You know, three out of five, four out of five, five out of five. You can read the description and find what what's there and decide whether that's appropriate for your children. So it's the only tool we know of to help you know what's actually in your kid's school, what might be questionable. And so you can make a good decision for you and your family. This is such an amazing asset. It is incredible because as parents were left out there, why should every one of us go and, and find out the hard way and the wrong way about an inappropriate book? And this way we have each other. If you find something, you can let UPU know 
I found a book that's inappropriate, you can go on there and let UPU know so that other parents can be warned and, and it can go through the, the process and be vetted itself. And so we, we're working together as a team. And I love that, that our community yeah. is working together and helping each other. So we're not duplicating our efforts, but we're sharing this amazing information with each other in order to protect our children. Yes. And how would you know otherwise? You know, how do you know, how do you go through every book in a school library and decide what might be questionable to you? So it, like you said, it's a huge undertaking, a huge team effort, but it's, it's been a great system and hopefully helpful to people so that they can take more ownership in what their child's exposed to. Yes. And, you know, we want to allow children to be children. They only get one chance. Through all of eternity, you get one chance to be a child. Mm -hmm. This is it. So let, is, let us really protect our children, allow them to, to have childhood and to be innocent and absolutely talk to them as they grow and as they mature. And you know what we both know, we all know that children are very unique and different. They're not all on the same level at sixth grade and eighth grade and 11th grade. They're not the same. And so we have to adapt to each individual child, but opening that relationship and that ability to communicate with them is, is really crucial to their maturity and, and be able to protect them, but still give them the information they need. So that I love what you said, that the first one to talk to them about these intimate topics is who they, who they bond with. And that is very true. That is a law of nature. That is very true. And so um, let us always be the first ones to uh, not to sexualize our kids that that's there's a balance there but to just open up that communication let them know when they have questions they can come to us and make sure that they know what they need to for where they are okay so what other things can we do as parents nicole we need to educate our children we need to make sure that they know what to watch for and what to do if they catch anything we have ratedbooks.org where we can go and find out so what else can we do as parents? Well, if you want to work with it within the system, if you're if you're concerned about uh, the the library and, and what your child might be exposed to, uh, as I mentioned earlier, you can go to the school, to the librarian, and you can say, look, these are the books that I do not want my child to be able to check out. Um, you can go to your legislator and you can say that you want continued protection for children in schools uh, because the uh, there are still books that aren't appropriate in schools and there are several cases where they're not being removed. So you can ask for some support from your state legislator to pass more legislation to safeguard what's going into our child's school into our children's schools and uh, you can make decisions about what the best education option is for for your child so you can always decide what kind of environment you want your child to be in uh, whether you want them to be in a public school setting whether you want to homeschool them maybe whether you want to find alternative education places so as a parent you really have a lot of of options available and that's that's really cool that uh you're not we're not left helpless and wondering what to do like we can choose any one of these options about what we want to do for for our children and you know isn't that what freedom is to be able to choose for mm -hmm. yourself 
So I really love that. That's very, very important part of what you said, because we do. We And in the state of Utah, we really, really have options. And of course, we need to go to our legislature because laws don't really change behavior, but they do allow us to hold people to a standard. So they create a standard and people always, you know, if laws stopped murder, we wouldn't have any murders. But, mm -hmm. you know, if laws really stop people, they change people's behavior, we wouldn't have anyone committing murder. We wouldn't have anyone stealing. We wouldn't have anyone doing any of those things because they are already against the law. But the problem is laws don't change behavior. They don't stop people from doing, but they do allow us now to hold people accountable for that. And so now we can do something about it. But really the problem with our society is that we do kind of, um, well, one of the problems, cause there's a whole bunch of problems. But one thing is we, we we're constantly trying to pass laws. I mean, I'm not the legislature. We're trying to pass laws to, we tend to want it to change behavior and we are passing laws and we need to, I'm not saying we shouldn't pass laws, but the reality is no matter how many laws we pass, will never fix the ills of our society because yes. the only way to fix the ills of society is to have a moral foundation. It yes. is us. It is the people in our society that will fix society. We have to choose to. It's us as individuals. It's us as families. It's us as citizens. We can change these ills. It all starts at home. It all starts on the lowest denominator. And so I just invite everyone to um, let's, let's check our moral code. I, I really feel like our society has left our moral code and, and we've done it. We've done it. Not in the, not, not a lot of people, moral people haven't done it in the, in the voice of immorality. We have done it under the voice of kindness. We've done it in saying, well, we want to be nice. We want to be tolerant. And so what we've allowed is our culture to change and our society to change and leave a moral foundation for a nice foundation, what we consider nice. And so we do need to, as citizens and as parents, we need to stand up and say, you know, we want to have a moral culture in our kids' school. We want the environment to be moral. We want to have a, a virtuous and a moral foundation there. And so it is difficult sometimes um, to, to affect that change. It is very difficult to affect change in schools, in public school, would you agree with that? Oh, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> Not that I, we shouldn't I, keep trying to, but it is extremely difficult. Yes. And it's, I would submit, like you, like you said, that laws can't fix the problem, that right. you can't pass a law to legislate a culture. Uh, right. But, you know, and, and the problem, I think, is that, well, I, I would submit that schools ought to be a neutral place, a neutral place where no one is going to try to influence the beliefs of your child. But that's not the case. Uh, you have people who have different beliefs than you who work in that school. And in the name of kindness or in the name of educating your child, they are going- Or inclusion. To, yes, yes. There And there are a lot of different words, but the bottom yes. line is that- your child is going to be with people who may have different values and beliefs than you do. And that person is going to influence the beliefs of your child. 
And so as a parent, you need to first be aware of it and acknowledge it, that it's, that it's happening, you know, not, not necessarily with every teacher or in every class, but there are going to be people who believe differently than you do, who are going to be with your child and who are going to be expressing their ideas and values and opinions to your child. And you need to be aware of that and decide how you're going to handle that. So, uh, you know, one example is my, my sister-in-law, you know, my sister-in-law and I see things the same way. She has chosen that when she, uh, when her children come home from school, she has to uh, teach them or help them unlearn what they learned at school when it comes to values and beliefs that they were exposed to, that she has to re-educate them according to what her values and beliefs are. So that's, that's how she's chosen to uh, deal with it, to, to take it head on, to say they're being exposed to this and we're going to talk about it and unlearn what they, they learned at school. So, but I think- yeah, but, but I really think the most important thing is to acknowledge it and not say, oh, that's not happening here, or oh, they would never do that. And, and it's not out of malice. You know, I don't, I don't want to paint people right. as, as mean. I'm, I'm just saying they're going to be people who believe differently than you do, and they are going to express their opinions and their beliefs to your child. So you need to be prepared for it. And what are you going to do about it? Excellent. Yes. So, so very true. Daniel Webster, one of the founding fathers said, if truth is not diffused, error will be. And mm -hmm. so it's not always truth that's being taught at school. Sometimes it's error. But if the truth isn't there, the, the void will be filled. And Benjamin Franklin said, a Bible and a newspaper in every house, a good school in every district, all studied and appreciated as they merit, are the principal support of virtue, morality, and civil liberty. And notice he didn't say moral liberty or, you know, he said civil liberty. If we want civil liberty, we're going to have to have virtue and morality. And that he's saying should be taught in the home and in the schools. Mm -hmm. Well, I don't know that morality is being taught in the school. I'm just saying, uh, but uh, definitely. So but morality to... is being taught in yeah. schools. I'm sorry to say, let's yes, be honest. Yes. So it's, it's not being taught at school. So you need to make sure you're teaching it at home so that your, your child knows what to deal with it. And I, and I would submit, it's not, you know, just pr promiscuity, you know, but it's, it's, there are very political topics that your child's going to be exposed to as well. So, you know, when I can think of two examples that have happened to my friends where, you know, the, the teacher, the, you know, was, was talking about the virtues of abortion and the virtues of a woman's right to choose. And that, you know, depending on where you, my point is not about where you stand on that topic, just that it is a political topic. People right. have varying opinions on it. Mm -hmm. And- Very passionate opinions. Yeah, yes, yes. And that is being discussed in the school. And your child is going to be exposed to a different opinion than yours at school. And so, uh, Make and sure it's being discussed in a very one-sided manner. It's not yes. being discussed in two sides and let's, you know, type this out. It's very much being, and it's really, a, it's being indoctrinated. Oh, yeah, it's, it's not neutral. It is not, not being presented mm -hmm. in a, a neutral fashion. Or, um, or, people, or an opposing view. Correct, yeah. correct. That people are giving their opinions on it. And as I, as I mentioned, there are instances where, you know, you're, they're going to try to influence the values and beliefs of your child. So, and I, yeah. I just think that that's 
so important for people to understand so that they can do something about it and and uh, not let it catch them by surprise um to to be proactive you know or, or you know that it that it shouldn't be you just let it happen and oh okay so the teacher taught that to you okay that's that's fine you know no big deal uh, that that you need to take parenting on uh straight on and and be there and and attack these issues head on in your household Excellent. And you know, the law of the void, because if you're not teaching it, they are getting it because I hear people go, well, parents shouldn't indoctrinate their children and they shouldn't make their kids join a church when they're little and they can't make a commitment. They're not really equipped to. It's like, keep in mind that someone is going to socially engineer or educate or indoctrinate your children. Someone is going to, it's their children. And so if you're not teaching them Someone is, you can be sure that someone else is. So if you're not teaching them what's true and teaching them your values and your principles and your philosophies, they are going to get it. Yes. Oh, yes. And yeah. And so be the first person, be, let your kids hear it from you first, teach them, teach them truth, be involved. Then they can be better educated and be better human beings as they grow up because they know both sides. They haven't just heard one side from someone else because you didn't tell them your side of it. And you're literally teaching them how to think. Yes. You're teaching them to think and how to think for themselves. That I find very, very exciting. And I mean, that is exactly what, when Paul went in the, you know, Jesus's apostle, when he went to teach So um, I'm sorry, because I can't remember exactly where he went, but um, when he went outside of of Jerusalem, he went to teach the people and this one group of people, they would not believe anything he said. They would check everything out that he taught them. And he said, I love this. This is exactly what he wanted. He says, I don't want you to believe me. I want you to go find out that what I'm teaching you is true. Go find out for yourself. And that is really that seekers of truth want to know for themselves and they want to seek and find that out. And that's what we really want as parents. We want to teach them the truth. We want to teach them true principles. And we really want them to learn for themselves because we know that as soon as someone else gets a hold of them, they go to college, they're going to undo everything we teach them if they don't know for themselves. If they oh, don't Celine, learn thank you. for themselves. Yes. And as a parent, don't just believe me. Find out for yourself. Go to ratedbooks.org for yourself. Don't take my word for it. Don't say I'm exaggerating or making this stuff up. Go find out for yourself. Look at ratedbooks.org. Look at your child's school. Find out what is in your child's school for yourself. Because um, rated books doesn't just write the books. It shows you the language. You actually see the pictures. You actually read it. It's oh, there the if theme. you want to. So you are not like, it's not someone's opinion. It's like, this is what it says. So you decide if you want your children to be exposed. Yes, to read the passage for yourself. Look yeah. at the passage for yourself and you decide whether you want your child to, to see that. So I, I love that idea. As a parent, educate yourself. Um, yeah, and I take a spiritual shower afterwards. Yes. Okay. I have to tell a quick story really fast. So we actually met with the speaker of the house um, because we wanted to show him like, Hey, this is what we're up against. And so we took him a binder of the excerpts from the books that were in his child's 
library in his in his child's high school. So we took it to him and he hand, and he puts on his glasses and he looks at it and he he said words that I can't repeat. And then in, in the news the next day, he said, at first I thought these parents were exaggerating. And then I saw what was there. And then he he was all up in arms about this is not appropriate. I've seen it for myself. This should not be in schools. So I, I just thought that was that was very appropriate because he had to see it for himself to yes. really understand and believe what was there. So find out yeah. for yourself at ratedbooks.org. You don't have to read a lot to see how <laughs> what, what's really going on there. So yes, I just want to remind everybody that um, we are the guardians of our liberty. It is literally our job to guard our liberty. And I want to invite everyone, put down in your day timers, uh, we in the state of Utah passed a law that the entire month of September is Constitution Month. Plan on engaging and learning in fun and exciting ways about the Constitution. In Bountiful, we have Freedom's Light Festival. And you can go to freedomslight.us for the schedule and all the information. But put in your day timers, get, save the date, September 14th, 15th, and 16th at Bountiful Park for Freedom's Light Festival. It is fun and it's engaging. You get a chance to meet them at Founding Fathers and Founding Mothers face-to-face, hear their amazing stories of the things they did right, the things they did wrong, the things they conquered, um, and how they created such an amazing country. You get to learn in activities and engaging games the principles of the Constitution. So it, it just makes more sense. It's easy to remember and it just makes more sense to you if you do it in an experiential manner rather than learning it out of a book. Believe me, I know. So um, we just invite everyone to come and we really appreciate your um, great participation in that as well, Nicole. Happy to help. Thank you. And so much, thank you so much for being with us today and just want to remind every, every parent, it is your stewardship. You have stewardship over your children get engaged, find out what they're being educated and know you have so many options. And if you think you can't um, homeschool your children or do a micro school, you can, there are ways to do it. And um, hope you have a wonderful day. Thanks so much for being with us. Thank you, Nicole. Thank you.